Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, I'm Sarah. And I'm Toby. And this is the Whispering Woods podcast. This episode is all about... 27 Club and deals with the devil. It sure is. So I've got three parts of this podcast. We have an introduction and then we'll talk about Robert Johnson. And then we've got Jimi Hendrix and then we have Jim Morrison. Do you know any of those people? Yeah, I've heard of some of them. Yeah? Okay, cool. First of all, we've got a couple of reviews to read. Um, This one's from Liam, who is one of the hosts of Let's Talk About. He says, amazing, five stars. Listened for a few months now and never missed any episodes. Still making my way through from episode one. It's the perfect podcast to listen to on a night in the dark. Keep it up. And also we have another review, which is just uh, lots of numbers. And it says, brilliant listen, five stars. I binge listened to the entire back catalogue on a long drive and I'm now totally addicted to this duo. The combination of education and stories is brilliant. I really enjoy the mother and son conversations too. Keep it up, guys. Oh, thank you both for those lovely reviews. Now, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving a lovely review or you can visit patreon.com forward slash the whispering woods. Right, let's get into the introduction. Are you ready, Toby? Yes, I am. The 27 Club is a phrase that refers to a group of celebrities who died at the age of 27. They were mainly musicians and their deaths were often linked to drug and alcohol abuse or violent causes. The concept 
of the 27 Club emerged in the late 1960s and early 1970s. After the deaths of four prominent rock stars, Brian Jones, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin and Jim Morrison. However, the idea of the 27 Club became more popular in the 1990s following the suicide of Kurt Cobain, the lead singer of Nirvana. Cobain's mother reportedly said, Now he's gone and joined that stupid club. I told him not to join that stupid club. Some people interpreted her statement as referring to the previous 27 club members, while others suggested that she was talking about Cobain's relatives who had also committed suicide. The 27 Club has attracted media attention, public fascination, conspiracy theories and urban legends. Some believe that there is a curse or a statistical anomaly that makes celebrities more likely to die at 27, while others argue that it's as a result of the high-risk lifestyle and pressures of fame that many of them face. Some of the most famous members of the 27 Club include Robert Johnson, who was a blues singer and guitarist who influenced many rock musicians. He died in 1938, possibly from poisoning by a jealous husband. Brian Jones, who was the creator and original leader of the Rolling Stones. He died in 1969, drowning in his swimming pool after taking drugs and alcohol. Jimi Hendrix, who was a guitar virtuoso and one of the most influential musicians of the 20th century. He died in 1970, choking on his own vomit after taking sleeping pills and alcohol. Janis Joplin was a powerful and soulful singer who rose to fame in the 1960s. She died in 1970 from a heroin overdose. Jim Morrison, the charismatic and controversial lead singer of The Doors, he died in 1971 from a heart attack, possibly caused by heroin. Kurt Cobain, the leader and songwriter of Nirvana, who defined the grunge movement, he died in 1994 from a self-inflicted gunshot wound to his head. And Amy Winehouse, who was a talented and troubled singer, who won multiple Grammy Awards. She died in 2011 from alcohol poisoning. The 27 Club is not a definitive or exclusive list, as many other celebrities died at 27, either before or after the ones mentioned above. But the 27 Club remains a cultural phenomena that reflects the tragic and often preventable deaths of some of the most talented and influential artists of their generations. Or are they related to the concept of a Faustian Pact? A Faustian Pact is a cultural motif that involves a person making a deal with the devil or a demonic entity in exchange for worldly or material benefits, such as knowledge, skill, power or riches. 
The person usually sacrifices something of great moral or spiritual value, such as their soul or salvation. The term comes from the legend of Faust, a German folklore and literature character who sells his soul to the devil for wisdom and pleasure. The story of Robert Johnson. He longed to be a star, dazzle the crowds and charm the ladies. He craved fame and fortune, and he wanted them now. He knew the tales and legends about the crossroads, where the devil lurked for desperate souls. He learned about the pact and the price he would pay for making such a deal. He didn't care. He had nothing to lose and everything to gain. He took his guitar and went to the crossroads, where highways 49 and 61 intersect. He waited until midnight, when the moon was full and the air was heavy. He spotted a man wearing a sharp suit and a fedora approaching him. He had a smile that was both charming and sinister, and eyes that were cold and piercing. He held a briefcase in one hand and a cane in the other. Robert recognised him. He knew he was the devil. The devil greeted him by name and told him he knew why he was there and what he wanted. Robert nodded and confirmed he wanted to be the greatest bluesman ever. He said he was ready to give up his soul, his eternal salvation, for a few years of glory. The devil asked him if he was sure if he understood the deal. Robert said he was sure and he didn't care. He only cared about the music and fame. The devil smiled and opened his briefcase. He took out a contract and a pen and told Robert to sign his name. Robert signed and felt a surge of power. He felt his fingers twitch and his voice soar. The devil took the contract and closed his briefcase. He congratulated Robert and wished him luck. He told him to enjoy his success while it lasted. Robert watched the devil walk away and disappear into the night. He had done it. He had sold his soul to the devil at the crossroads. The legendary blues guitarist and composer Robert Johnson lived a mysterious and short life in the early 20th century. He wandered across the South, playing music and leaving behind a trail of myths and rumours. He influenced many famous musicians, such as the Rolling Stones, who covered some of his songs, and Eric Clapton, who called him the master of the blues. He was also said to have sold his soul to the devil for his incredible talent. Born Robert Leroy Johnson in Hazelhurst, Mississippi, around May 1911, he was the result of an affair between his mother, Julia Mare Dodds, and a farm worker named Noah Johnson. His father, Charles Dodds, was a wealthy farmer and carpenter who fled from Hazelhurst before Robert was born, fearing for his life after he crossed an Italian businessman named Joseph Marchetti. He disguised himself as a woman and escaped to Memphis, Tennessee, leaving Julia and most of their ten children behind. Robert was born soon after, 
When Robert was seven, his mother remarried and moved him to Robbinsville, Mississippi. Robert hated picking cotton, so he learned to play the guitar and the diddly bow, a homemade instrument made of string and a bottle. Robert frequented the juke joints, where he watched and admired the Delta Blues masters, such as Sun House and Willie Brown. He wanted to be a musician like them. Robert married his first wife, Virginia Travis, when they were both teenagers. They lied about their ages on their marriage licence. He loved her so much that he gave up music to work as a farmhand. But tragedy struck when she and their baby died during childbirth. Her religious family blamed Robert's devil's music for their deaths. This may have been the origin of the devil legend, and some experts believe that this loss motivated Robert to pursue his music career. He was 19 when he started playing his guitar on the streets, and he wasn't very good. He was still determined and eager to perform, and he would often try to join Son House and Willie Brown on stage during their breaks. But the audience hated him and booed him off stage. People would come and say, why don't you go and stop that boy from playing? He's driving us mad, House recalled in a 1997 interview, the film Can't You Hear the Wind Howl. Robert left Robinsonville for good after that. According to some accounts, he disappeared for a year and returned with a remarkable improvement in his playing. This led to the rumour that he sold his soul to the devil. Robert Johnson's love life was complicated and tragic. He had a baby with a young schoolgirl named Virgie Kane, but her religious family forbade her from seeing him. He then turned to alcohol, women and music and travelled around the Delta playing his blues. He got a chance to record his songs in 1936 with the help of American Record Company in San Antonio, Texas. His first single, Terraplane Blues, was a hit and earned him another recording session. He recorded his songs in a corner of the booth, either for the acoustics or for the secrecy. He didn't live long enough to enjoy his fame as he died mysteriously a year later at the age of 27. Unfortunately, I'm now on my own as Toby, I've let him go back up to bed because he's got really bad back pain. I think it's growing pains, so I've let him have the day off. Um, I'll just be handling the rest of the show on my own. So fascinating. I've got... What I'll do is put a couple of links in to Robert Johnson's songs. So if you want to have a listen, I mean, he's an incredible guitar player, incredible performer. And you can see where how people became inspired by his music. Really sad story. Poor Robert Johnson's love life wasn't so great, was it? And um, you can you can see that he was able to sing the blues and really meant what he was saying. Just a really sad story altogether about Robert Johnson, whether he did or not make a deal with the devil, to then die so suddenly at 27. It's awful. And just when he was on the height of fame as well. Right. 
Now for the first story, this one is about Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix was an American guitarist, songwriter and singer who is widely regarded as one of the greatest and most influential electric guitarists in the history of popular music. He was known for his innovative use of feedback, distortion, effects and amplifiers to create a unique sound that influenced many genres of music. Jimi Hendrix had a difficult childhood, as he was often neglected by his parents and shuffled between relatives and foster homes. He developed a passion for music and taught himself to play guitar by listening to blues and rock artists. He joined the army in 1959, but was discharged in 1961 after an injury. He then moved to Nashville, Tennessee, where he met bassist Billy Cox and formed a band called the King Casuals. Hendrix moved to New York City in 1964 and worked as a session musician for various acts, such as Little Richard, Ike and Tina Turner, and the Isley Brothers. He also formed his own band, Jimmy James and the Blue Flames, and performed in Greenwich Village clubs. There, he was discovered by Chaz Chandler, the former bassist of the Animals, who became his manager and brought him to London in 1966. In London... Hendrix formed a new band, the Jimi Hendrix Experience, with bassist Noel Redding and drummer Mitch Mitchell. They quickly gained popularity with their debut single, Hey Joe, which reached the top 10 in the UK charts. They followed it with two albums, Are You Experienced and Axis Bold as Love, which showcased Hendrix's innovative guitar style and psychedelic sound. They also performed at several major festivals, such as the Montgomery Pop Festival, where Hendrix famously set his guitar on fire, and the Woodstock Festival, where he played a memorable rendition of the Star Spangled Banner. Hendrix became a global star and a cultural icon, influencing many musicians across genres and generations. He was also one of the highest paid performers of his time, earning more than one million in 1969. He died in 1970 at the age of 27, leaving behind a legacy of music that is still widely celebrated and admired today. He was fascinated by spiritism. He often played with Kwasi Zidzorna, a conga player from a village in Ghana, West Africa, whose father was a voodoo priest. Zidzorna reportedly wondered how Jimmy learned his voodoo rhythm, since many of Hendrix's distinctive rhythms match those that Zidzorna's father used in voodoo rituals. Alan Douglas, who was Hendrix's road manager and producer, was worried about the musician's health. He said, One of the biggest things about Jimmy was what he believed in. He believed that he was possessed by some spirit and I got to believe it myself. And that is what we had to deal with all the time. And he was very humble about discussing it with people, because he didn't want people to feel he was very pretentious and so on. But he really believed it, and he was wrestling with it constantly. Fane Prigdon, who dated Jimmy for a long time, shared his concerns. 
used to always talk about some devil. Something was in him, and he didn't have any control over it. He didn't know what made him act the way he acted, and what made him say the things he said, and songs and different things like that just come out of him, you know? It seems like to me he was so tormented and so torn apart, and he really was. He'd talk about us going down to Georgia and obsessed with something really evil. Having some root lady drive this demon out of him. Hendrix died of asphyxia on September the 18th, 1970, when he was 27 years old. So when I was doing the research for this, there are loads of rumours about, you know, about Jimi Hendrix saying that he was possessed by demons. And there were also rumours about him selling his soul to the devil. Make of that what you will. Also another fantastic, genius musician. I love Jimi Hendrix personally. My favourite, All Along the Watchtower and Voodoo Child. So I'll put a couple of links also, again, in the podcast notes if you want to take a listen. Now we'll move on to Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison was the lead singer and lyricist of The Doors, a psychedelic rock band that formed in 1965 and became famous for songs like Light My Fire and Hello, I Love You. He was also a poet and a controversial figure in the counterculture movement of the 1960s. He was born on December the 8th, 1943, in Melbourne, Florida, to a naval officer father and a homemaker mother. He had two younger siblings, a sister and a brother. He moved around a lot as a child due to his father's career. He developed an interest in literature, philosophy and music at a young age and was influenced by writers such as William Blake, Arthur Rimbold and Frederick Nietzsche. He also experimented with drugs and alcohol, which became a lifelong habit. He attended several colleges, including St. Petersburg Junior College, Florida State University and the University of California, Los Angeles, where he studied film. He met Ray Manzarek, who played the organ at UCLA, and they decided to form a band together. They recruited guitarist Robbie Krieger and drummer John Densmore, and named their band The Doors. After Aldous Huxley's book, The Doors of Perception, which described the effects of mescaline. The Doors started playing at local clubs in Los Angeles, such as the Whiskey A Go-Go, and gained a reputation for their psychedelic and provocative sound and style. They signed with Elektra Records in 1966, and released their self-titled debut album in 1967, which featured their breakthrough hit, Light My Fire. The Doors became one of the most popular and influential rock bands of the 1960s, with Morrison as the charismatic and controversial frontman. They released six more albums, and Morrison also published two books of poetry, one of which was released posthumously. He was also involved in several romantic relationships, most notably with Pamela Corson, who was his common-law wife. The self-styled Lizard King was influenced by a traumatic event from his childhood at four years old. He was in the car with his family and saw the aftermath of a horrific crash 
that killed several Native Americans on the road. He wrote in his poem, The Ghost Song, 1978, that the spirits of maybe one or two of the dead Native Americans jumped into his soul and stayed there. He believed these spirits made him obsessed with death and the occult in his life and art. He sang, Cancel my subscription to the resurrection. Send my credentials to the house of detention. That's from When the Music's Over, The Doors. He often used the nickname Mr Mojo Rising, an anagram of his name. Mojo is a religious word for a shamanic power icon or connection and the African root Mo meant dark or darkness. Morrison faced legal troubles and public criticism for his erratic and rebellious behaviour, especially for his alleged indecent exposure and profanity during a concert in Miami in 1969, for which he was convicted and sentenced to six months in jail. He appealed the verdict, but died before it was resolved. Morrison died on July the 3rd, 1971, in Paris, France, at the age of 27, from an apparent heart failure. The exact cause and circumstances of his death remain unknown and disputed. He was buried at the Pierre Lachaise Cemetery in Paris, where his grave became a site of pilgrimage for his fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Jim Morrison, amazing lyricist. Also, I also love The Doors. Um and a really sad story to tell about witnessing that horrific crash when he was a child. Jim Morrison also dated a witch. Um, so there are lots of reports on that about how she may have had something to do with his, with his death, but she didn't. You know, she vehemently denies anything to do with that. I think, I think that, you know, it was the drinking drugs. Also a really spiritual man. You can hear that when you listen to the lyrics of his songs. And again, I'll put a couple of links in to my favourite door songs. Now, I know this is a little bit short, this episode, because I don't have my sidekick. So I'm sorry about that. But we'll be back again on Thursday with some more. I think I'm going to focus on songs that were meant to come from the devil. Interesting. Okay. Take care, everyone. And we'll catch up with you again on Thursday. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.